to actually touch on breakthrough, and so Clint actually uh, jumped in at the end of my message, so I'm going to go backwards and kind of work to uh, where we've already been, but uh, I'm going to stick to it, and I might just uh, once again give that same invitation that Clint's given just with a beautiful testimony around that. But what does breakthrough actually mean? What does it look like? How do we access it? There's so many different aspects we can look at. I'm just wanting to pull out three ways that we can unlock breakthrough in terms of our life, in terms of our family, in terms of ministry, what God's called us to. And I just want to bring out three principles. There are many more. Uh, We could do an in-depth study, but I just want to touch on three that have been speaking to me. You might have heard us mention it just in uh, the last few messages, particularly if you were here when I shared the last time in the morning, I mentioned this point. But the first point I want to bring And uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5. We're going to be jumping in there in a little bit. We've been spending a bit of time there in the mornings as well. But the the first point I want to bring is this, that when we're talking about breakthrough, and and I'm sure you're here tonight and there's areas where you want to see that breakthrough. When we talk about breakthrough, we need to understand that breakthrough is a reaction. We can often think it's just the promise or it's just something that, that takes place or just happens, but it's a, it's a reaction to something as we see God's word. And I'm wanting to uh, provoke that in our hearts and posture that in our lives that we can live in such a way that we're taking the actions that we're seeing in God's word that cause the reaction of breakthrough to take place. So we're going to see that in 2 Samuel 5.19. It's this moment when David has been crowned and he's been um, anointed as the king of Israel. And this really perturbs his enemies. It it stirs up the Philistine army, and they come out against him. Because the enemy hates it whenever there's an increase in anointing, authority, and influence on our lives. The enemy hates that. It, It starts to rattle his camp. And so it says that they started to react, and they came and they set themselves against him. Because they know this. You see, they're terrified of the anointing. And as we as Christians, which means little anointed ones, that that same anointing that Christ had upon him, as we start to step out in whatever area the Lord has placed us, whatever sphere we're in, and we know there's authority in that because God has placed us there. We know there's influence of the kingdom, and we know we're anointed for that thing. It terrifies them because the word tells us that it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It destroys any hindrance or bondage or restriction that he, a limitation that he can place on us. So he, he sees himself losing ground and that causes him to come out quite hot and heavy. And so he comes to intimidate David and the Philistines in this picture, as we see this happening, they come and they set themselves against him to, to contest his authority, the authority of David. Does David really know who he is? And it's this phrase that you and I become uh, effective in the kingdom when we know, I I know who I am. It's that word, I am. It speaks of, you've heard it mentioned, I'm sure as well, I am, identity, authority, mission. We are effective when we know our identity in God, we know the authority that we carry, and that enables us to have confidence for the mission. But if the enemy can come and shake us in our identity, we'll start to question our authority and he can, he can cause us not to have faith for the mission. We can feel that we, um, we just don't have what it takes. We see it with uh, Lucifer, with Satan in um, the Garden of Eden, with Adam and Eve. We see it with him trying to tempt Jesus. We see it with him trying to attack Peter. But there's something that terrifies him when we can say, I know who I am, my identity, my authority, and my mission in God. So he's come, and he's pressing against David, and he's trying to shake this up. Sometimes in those moments, we think when the, the attack comes, against our identity. 
I'm sure that some of us have faced that even, even recently. There's been an attack against our identity, and we can feel maybe I'm out of place or out of position, or maybe I'm not where I'm meant to be, or maybe, Lord, you haven't called me to this. But I want to say that the attack often comes not because we're out of place, but because we're stepping into the right place. And that terrifies them. And so the attack comes at that point. It can mean you're right where you're meant to be. And here's a key point I want to say. Breakthroughs. We're talking about breakthrough. Breakthrough seldom comes without a battle. You see, when you look at the origination of the word breakthrough here, it was a military term, and it was to signify an offensive thrust that that broke through defensive lines. That's what the word breakthrough meant. Later, it became with technology coming out, and, oh, we found this breakthrough, and that's great. But the initial term was meaning it was a military term. It was breaking through a restriction, breaking through a limitation, breaking through a boundary, and making a way where there was no way. And that's why we, we, we love in Jesus that he carried the breaker anointing and he has made a way where there is no way that we get to enjoy it. He's broken through sin, he's broken through death, he's broken through the grave, he's broken through every restriction the enemy can throw at us and he's invited us and he's taken us out of that, the, the realm of darkness and established us in his marvelous light. We know that scripture says that. But let's just jump into this scripture and see what's taking place as the Philistines come against David. Second Samuel 5.18, the Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. And so David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Listen to that. David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord replied to David and said, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Baal Perazim and he defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. And so he named that place Baal Perizim, which means the Lord who bursts through or the Lord of the breakthrough. I love that because he still calls it Baal Perizim. Baal was the Philistine God. It was in this valley called Rephaim, which we, we see here, which means valley of trouble or valley of giants. You would think, well, why doesn't he name it something else? But it was something to show that even in the place of the enemy's greatest strength, even in the place of the enemy's greatest intimidation, that God can break through. So they still called the valley Baal Perizim, meaning that even in the face of this giant or this trouble, God is the one who breaks through. And so that's why David renames it there. And, and here's the key that I want us to take as we're talking about breakthrough here this evening. The key to David's breakthrough was this. He inquired of the Lord, he listened to what God had to say, and he responded in obedience to him. If you're looking through a breakthrough for a breakthrough, it can't get uh, any simpler than this. You need to be asking him, listening to him, and then moving in obedience to what he said. The beauty for me is that so often we we in a place where maybe we've experienced a breakthrough because we've sought the Lord, because we found ourselves in that sort of a, a situation where maybe there was trouble or a giant, and we've sought the Lord, Lord, you need to help me here. What do I do? How do I handle this? And He's and He's showed us a way and made a way for us. And then the next time we face this thing, we think, Oh no, I've got it under control. I've got this handled. I know how to deal with this addiction. I know how to deal with this temptation. I know how to deal with this habit. I know how to deal with this anxiety. I know how to handle this depression. I know how to handle this hopelessness or whatever it might be because, you know, I've I've made it through it before. And we forget who it was that got us through, that broke us through that thing. And we think, oh, we can just handle it. And, And we find ourselves, we can get a little bit bloodied and bruised in that moment. 
Uh, I've experienced that before, where I handled something, and uh, the Lord helped me through a moment, um, and then I, I remember preaching while the hall was still facing the other way, and sharing, you know, when this thing came at me, I knew how to respond. And, uh, and then I went on a trip with a, a man named Bob Hazlitt, this international prophet, and here I'm a senior pastor traveling with him, and, I, and I'm in a different nation, and this thing hits me again. I never suffer with anxiety, but let me tell you, I suffered with anxiety. I thought that uh, the whole of New Zealand was closing in upon me. The waters were going to wash over me. I was claustrophobic. I was feeling terrible, and I thought, I know how to handle this, but I didn't seek him afresh. To, to break me through, and, uh, and fortunately, my mom prayed for me. As a senior pastor, my mom prayed for me. Can you believe it? And it broke instantly. Instantly. For a week, I battled with it. It left instantly. And so there, we need to realize this. There's also corporate anointing and corporate breakthrough, and we get to encourage each other and, uh, and, to, and to stand alongside each other. But here's what David did that George didn't do in that moment. He didn't take it for granted that the Lord's just going to move the same way. He thought the enemy started to come at him again, and he thought, well, Lord, Lord let me find a, a new strategy in you, to find new strength in you, that I might know that I have the support of heaven to handle this next moment, because the Philistines regathered, and they came at him again. And so often, we, we don't do that, and we need to realize that um, in him, when we find ourselves needing a breakthrough, we need to be seeking him to hear what he's got to say, so that when we find ourselves in the valley of trouble, even in the valley of giants, in that place we can encounter him afresh to receive new strategy and new strength and know his support so that we can get through what we're facing. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, he always leads us in triumph. It doesn't just say he led us in triumph. It's a once-off thing. He leads us in triumph because there's going to be many moments where he's going to need to lead us in triumphs. And there's new strategy, but there's also new strength. And it's when we wait on him. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And so David is getting new strategy. He's getting new strength. And then we're going to see he gets fresh support in the second wave that's come at him. Uh, verse 23 to 24. And again, David asked the Lord what to do. Do not attack them straight on, the Lord replied. You would think the, the last time was a, a straight on attack if you reread it. Instead, circle around and attack them near the poplar trees. When you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, be on alert. That will be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. And when you read the commentaries, it was saying because the, the hosts of heaven were moving and the poplar trees were swaying because heaven was advancing. You see, he knew to get new strategy, he knew, knew where he was going to find his strength so that he could have heavenly support. So, that he, so the enemy thought, I'm going to come at you a second time. I'm, you must be worried. I'm going to take you out. But the Lord says, in this moment, new strategy, new strength, and the firepower of heaven is not only backing you up, it's going ahead of you. And so we, we need to be pressing in to find uh, th that new strategy when we find ourselves facing the same things. Because we can get to that place where we get worn down. We can see with David, he got worn down, King David. Um, but there's something that needs to mark a man and a woman of God where there's a persistence that we're not worn down by the enemy, but that steadfastness, that endurance that marks a man or woman of God wears him down. And so David, um, uh, in his own right, he had a moment where he got a bit weary. We know that he had taken out Goliath, but uh, how many of you know that Goliath had three children, it says, and he also had a brother? 
There was a moment when Goliath's brother came. They might have looked the same, smelt the same, behaved the same. He also carried a spear like Goliath had carried, where David might have thought, Flip, I thought I had the breakthrough. But here he is again. He could have got wary. But in, in, in that moment, we need to know that persistence takes out the enemy. Just because something arises again, it doesn't mean that we didn't have the breakthrough. It just means that we need to get more persistent. Because even as the enemy keeps pressing against us, we need to press back against him. Because we know that James 4 verse 7 says that if we will resist, if we will press back, if we will stand strong and lean into the enemy, he needs to flee. And other versions say he won't only flee, but he runs. But there's something about us that has to carry that persistence. And that when we start to have that, we can experience that balperism, that breakthrough, even in the valley of our trouble and the valley of giants. So here's the key point. This is the statement that has been ministering to me and I trust is going to minister to you. If you want to take away one thing, take this away. Breakthrough is a reaction to an action. Breakthrough is a reaction to an action you take, and that is of obedience to God. So often we're expecting God just to bring the breakthrough, just to do the breakthrough, and we think we can just sit back. But he loves to do things. He loves to co-labor. He loves to do things in partnership. He loves to invite us into his story to be a part of it, where we get to take um, part of, of just being involved, the glory that comes from being involved with the glorious one. And so when, he, when we're wanting a breakthrough, we have to take an action of being obedient to what he's telling us, and it causes a reaction of breakthrough. So let me ask you a question. What breakthrough? are you praying for? What has the Lord been saying to you? What action are you taking that's going to cause the reaction of breakthrough in your situation? It's a time to get engaged in that and not to just sit back because when we realize that breakthrough is a reaction, it means we are seeking and we open to what God's going to say to us and we're also sensitive to respond to the Holy Spirit's leading. When you know that breakthrough is a reaction, it shifts you from just waiting for something to happen, and it puts you in a state of, now I'm going to seek God out. I'm going to listen to what he says. I want to move in obedience, because as I do that, I know that breakthrough is going to happen as a reaction. So it puts you in a whole different state of mind than from being passive and sitting back and frustrated to saying, now I'm engaged in this. It's breakthrough time. And, and here's another encouragement that often with breakthrough, it happens in the place of extremity. It happens in extreme conditions. It happens in extreme moments. And, and that's the positioning for breakthrough to happen. If there was no boundary, if there was no limitation, if there was no restriction, if there was no uh, presence of the enemy, you wouldn't need a breakthrough. So often we're praying for the breakthrough, but to breakthrough, you've, you've got to be in that place. But what are you going to do in that place? And that's where we see this happen. Even if you look at Moses, he was in that extreme situation of dire need where he's got the, the army of Egypt coming for him and he's got the Red Sea in front of him and the, the Israelites are shouting out, why have you brought us here? Is it because we hadn't dug graves in Egypt and they're thinking it would be better if we were there? And he's in this hard place. What does he do? And the Lord tells him this in, in Exodus 14. He says, raise your staff, stretch, stretch out your hand over the the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. What's, what does he do? He listens to what God says. He moves that rod out in obedience, and out of that act of obedience, a reaction takes place. There's a breakthrough, and the water moves aside for him to go through. But it's a reaction to an action of obedience. 
And, and that often has to be uh, the reminder to you and to me because we, we start to sit back and wait for breakthrough, not knowing we've got an active role to play. Here's the second point. The first point is this, that breakthrough is a reaction to an action, and that action is one of obedience to what God's saying. The second thing I want to say with a breakthrough is breakthrough sometimes involves a journey of transformation. Breakthrough sometimes involves a journey of transformation. It would be wonderful if breakthrough could be measured by what we desire. You know, it's normally those external things where we, we, um, we see maybe it, we just look at it and, and uh, Clint's testimony is awesome and I want it. But you know, it's the car. Or it's uh, like me, I've been blessed with a trip to Australia with, for my whole family in December. How amazing is that? And uh, we, can, we can just think, well, maybe it's the breakthrough in my relationships, my family, my health, my promotion, my finances. But breakthrough, it happens there. God does it. It can be the suddenlies as we see. We'll see that in just a moment. But also it can be a journey of transformation where the breakthrough isn't measured by what you're seeing externally around you and the situation around you. Breakthrough is what's taking place within you. And it's this journey of transformation that we see. That it's not the quick fix, but God's got a higher purpose in the moment where he's wanting to see us become more like Jesus. He's wanting to see something happen in our character. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so there's a different journey that happens as well in this journey of breakthrough, and that's the one of transformation. Which one are you in? Here's a good question to ask. It's just to say, Father... Do you have me now in a season of breakthrough or a season of transformation? We're going to see both lead to breakthrough. But the difference is this, between transformation and breakthrough. Transformation is gradual, but breakthrough is, is a suddenly. It's an instant thing, and both are wonderful. We're believing for both, press, pressing for both. But Lord, what season do you have me in? Because both are vital. And maybe we might be feeling frustrated and held back because we're not understanding which season we're in. And both seasons are beautiful. And so it's something we need to pray. In a season of transformation, the, the change takes place over a period of time as we cooperate with what God's doing. We need to be aware if we're in a season of transformation, Lord, what are you doing and how can I cooperate with that? And the beauty of transformation is this. It's not only what's happening in you where you are being transformed, but when you're in a season of transformation, that which is around you is being transformed as well. The Lord doesn't only do a transformative work in you, he does a transformative work around you. So when you see Joseph, and when he's in that hard place, the darkest place, he's, in the, he's been in the pit, he's been in the prison, he's been a slave, he's been um, a prisoner, he's in that place, but he doesn't wait passively for what he's hoping will take place, but he's trusting for his breakthrough, he's believing for his breakthrough, he's allowing the journey of transformation to take place, because part of it is this, it's having vision to see that even though there might be pain, there's a purpose through the pain. It's being able to see beyond it, because he knows I'm in a transformative moment. So even though it's not instant, I know that what's happening in me is going to shape what's happening around me, and it's going to bring about the breakthrough that I'm trusting for. When you know that you, when you've got that sort of vision to see that there's purpose beyond the pain, it means you might be in a fight, but the fight doesn't drain you. The fight actually feeds you for what you need to be going through. You know, when you don't see the purpose, you can be in a fight, and you're wearied, and you're bloodied, and you're tired, and you've got no energy, you've got 
got no perseverance, you've got no fight left in you. But when you're in a fight and you know there's a purpose, you can be fed in the midst of the fight. Uh, I've had, uh, I don't know about you, but I've been in that place when I'm tired, I'm worn out, I've gone away on holiday and at 2 a.m. in the morning, uh, I've had um, something come to me in the form of a letter that I knew was an attack on the purposes and the calling of God. And let me tell you, I wasn't tired anymore at 2 a.m. in the morning. Something rose up within me and I was fed in the midst of the fight because I knew that even in the pain, there was a purpose to it and I could see the breakthrough, but there needed to be a pressing in and a perseverance and I needed to, to take an action in obedience to God, which I knew was gonna bring about a reaction and we were gonna see breakthroughs through this moment. Depends what sort, of, uh, what sort of vision you have of what the Lord's taking you through. But Joseph, in the midst of this moment, he allows transformation to take place in his heart because he had pride about what he was going to do when he was leading. But the Lord needed to do something in his life that he would be able to serve in such a way that it carried the heartbeat of God, even in the highest place of leadership. And so in the midst of the prison, he brought transformation. He brought order. He brought leadership. And in the midst of the darkest place, his spirituality his gifting, his integrity, and his skills started to shine. So there was transformation in him, around him, that positioned him for the breakthrough that God wanted to bring. It didn't only bring breakthrough for him. When you're in a place of transformation, I want to encourage you, because it might be nice to hope for the suddenly breakthrough and say, Lord, I want to be in the suddenly breakthrough moment. But the suddenly breakthroughs are often for you, the transformative moments that happen in you to change change things around you are for breakthroughs corporately. It changes many people's lives. And it changes your perspective so that you can say what the enemy intended for harm, God is gonna use for good. That's the story that comes out of that. The third point I wanna bring in terms of breakthrough is you need to prepare your mindset for breakthrough. Because we can, uh, want, we can desire God to act quickly, but when he doesn't, we wonder why he isn't. But the Father knows that if he brings the breakthrough too suddenly that you will not be able to contain it. So you've got to change your mindset for breakthrough. If he brings the breakthrough too quickly, it'll break you. If you're not ready to carry that thing, it's gonna break you. It's it's that picture of the lottery. You know, everyone says, um, Lord, well, you you know that joke that that when they say, you know, if you win the lottery, it's gonna ruin you. And the prayer is, Lord, let let me prove them wrong as I model out walking with you. You know, let me win the lottery. But you see, so many people's lives are ruined because they they come into external prosperity, breakthrough, whatever that might look like, yet they don't yet know how to handle the prosperity of soul. And so that external thing breaks them because the internal doesn't have an integrity to carry it. And so the Lord's not going to pour out, it's his desire to pour out abundance on you, but the container of the mindset is too narrow, and he doesn't want to waste or bring waste to your life. So he holds back until you can come to that place where you actually start to change your mindsets, you start to change the way you think, you start to allow the Word of God to uh, renew your mind and transform you so that you can carry that which he's wanting to pour out on you. But you need to change your mindset to carry breakthrough so that your thinking can be enlarged. I love how Graham Cook says it, we need to think brilliantly. Uh, We need to change the way we think. And that happens when we we start to saturate ourselves in God's word, when we start to to seek his voice, what he's got to say, when we start to have a a readiness about us to move in obedience to to what the Holy Spirit's uh, leading is in our lives, to change our mindset. And um, here are three areas where it could be, maybe you've been trusting and uh, for financial breakthrough. I know some of us would have been standing for that this evening. 
But there's a, a, a renewing of our, our mindsets that needs to take place in terms of how we're going to handle finance. What does it look like? I remember Louis L saying, uh, saying to me before, he said, you know, George, it's fine to ask for 10 million rand, but what are you going to do when you have it? Have you started to dream with God, believe with God? How are you going to do that thing? And, and I, I loved hearing an outworking of that testimony where he had had a vision. He had no money. He wasn't even ready to ask for money, but he had started to to, um, to build this vision of, of building a school for the future in Jeffreys Bay, when most people had to send their kids to other schools and boarding schools. And he shared it with his church. He said, you know, I've got this dream. I want to build a school for the future. It's going to be a school of excellence. It's going to allow people to stay into the, this community with, with values that are going to be established and are going to be influential within this community. He started to share it. And there was a man sitting there that day. He didn't ask for a cent, but the man uh, wrote him a, a check for 20 million and uh, that school of the future was built but he had started to process his heart of how he is going to move in sync with the kingdom of God for the finances to come and when that internal transformation had taken place that external breakthrough had a place to rest upon maybe you've been sitting in that place and you think well um, I know I'm called to ministry I know I'm called to uh, uh, be on platforms and see breakthrough and, and see lives changed and all that takes place. And it's beautiful to desire that and to know you've got that call and to believe for it. But maybe you're in that place of transformation where the, the Father's wanting to make sure that, um, that you, you've got a different perspective uh, than just the general perspective. Your, your attitude is going to set you up for altitude in the midst of that moment. He's wanting to give you an experience in small things so you be, can be trusted with the more. He's wanting to give you more knowledge of, of what it means just to be in the receiving place so that you can know what you need to pour out when you get into that moment. There's transformation happening. Maybe it's in an area of healing and you, you're trusting for healing, but you haven't seen the breakthrough, but he wants you to come to a place where you, you, you decide, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement healthy living in my life. And, and then it's the moment where you see the, the breakthrough of healing. It sounds like an interesting one, but we've had someone who, who had been in this community before where he had trusted God for healing and uh, in that place... Um, had been healed numerous times, but kept getting back involved with what had caused the ill health. And he hadn't yet known how to go through that journey of transformation to actually to, to engage with healthy living and to then walk in the breakthrough of healing. And so the Lord's wanting to do something within us so that we can actually carry that which he's wanting to do upon us and through us. But here's the beauty of a journey of transformation. It doesn't mean that breakthrough won't take place. It means that you are being positioned for breakthrough. So the suddenly or the gradual, both of them are a positioning. Like I say, the one is more for you. The other is more for transforming envir environments around you. So don't, don't um, wish those moments away. You know, I, I've got a, a, a good friend who, who often tells me this, he, he goes through these moments and he says, you know, I, I know the Lord's been, I've been feeling this externally, so I know I need to process my heart. I just love that. Because he doesn't get caught up with the external of what's happening. The first go-to place is to check his heart. Because I want to say, once he's processed his heart, he's going to be able to carry the breakthrough externally. It's just such a healthy place to be. And so we need to be making sure that that's where our go-to place is. And here's the, the last thing I want to say. It's not a point. But um, when you're looking biblically through breakthroughs that take place, there's a common denominator whenever you see breakthrough taking place in the Bible, and here it is, they sought after it. They sought after it. 
We see it with David, we see it with Moses, you see it with Peter, you see it, whoever you want to look at, they were searching after it. And Clint actually jumped onto that here this evening. So often we, we, there's an area of need and we're not seeing the breakthrough and, and we think that worrying is the same as asking. It's not the same thing. Uh, there's something about coming and asking God and saying, Lord, this is, uh, this is what I'm needing. This is what I'm believing for. What are you saying to me? How can I move in obedience with you? Because one of his top priorities re is relationship. And, and conversation is the adventure of relationship. He's desiring us to, to know the adventure of being in a relationship with him. And conversation is so key to that. And James 4 verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. We know he's good, we know he's lavish, we know he's kind, we know he loves to surprise us with his goodness, even when we aren't ex expecting it, but he also loves for us to communicate with him, to take hold of his word and to actually ask him. He loves to be asked. Uh, the one commentary says, what did it say? Anyone remember? It was an amazing commentary. He said, uh, I think it went something along these lines. He's the generous God who loves to give generously. He loves to be asked so that he can show his generosity in response to us. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do, and we know this so well, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. The beauty is ask, but also imagine. What could his breakthrough look like in, upon, and through your life? Um, what are you asking for? What are you imagining? And it takes place according to his power that is at work within us. And we know we have availability to it because Jesus is the anointed one who has broken through on our behalf. And he invites us into all the riches of what grace has made available, God's riches at Christ's expense. So I want to finish and... Uh, I want us to take a moment, just before I end, I want to invite us to come up to the communion table, just because that is the place of breakthrough, the table of breakthrough, we've already heard that word coming, but Clint kicked off my message for me um, with exactly where I was wanting to go. I believe we need to be asking for things. Yeah. I, need to, I believe we need to be imagining things. I believe we need to know what season we're in. Lord, what season do you have me? And I, need, I believe we need to change our mindset about the season we're in. Get fresh perspective. And then I want to, I want to uh, ask you to have um, courage in your hearts that when he is speaking, you can move in obedience. Because as we do that, there's a reaction that takes place so that breakthrough can happen. Let me just pray for us at this moment. I want to just, I just want to be quiet for a moment so that you can just take a moment and just say, just to think through where you're needing breakthrough. Before you do that, actually ask this question, Lord, what season, season am I in? Is it a breakthrough season or a journey of transformation season? If it's a journey of transformation season, say, Lord, how can I partner with you in it? so that I might know your transformation, but that I might also be a transformative agent for where you have me and what's around me. And then I want to ask you to say, Lord, what are you saying to me in this season that I can take hold of and move in obedience to? Because I want to cause a, a spiritual reaction in and around my life. What are you saying to me?
And then I want to finish off with just that thing, Ephesians 3.20. I want, I want to, uh, there's, there's that journey of asking him, but now I want you to ask him some things. I want, to, I want you to throw wide your heart. I want you to throw wide your imagination, uh, as it says here. And I want you to ask him for that maybe what you haven't dared to ask him for. I want you to start to imagine what it looks like to see his breakthrough in and through your life, what that can be. Just take a moment, just ask him. Feel the freedom of that. If you can picture that rusty key that Clint spoke of, start opening doors and accessing resource and breakthrough. That's what you're believing for. Just start to ask so that heaven can respond. Lord, I'm just so grateful that even as we kicked off this evening, Clint just shared just that testimony that just uh, provoked faith and courage in our hearts. And I just thank you for everyone that's gathered here this evening. Whatever season they might be in, maybe it's a breakthrough moment, maybe it's a transformative moment, I just pray, Lord, that you would sensitize us to your spirit, that Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us and lead us, uh, that we would know what to move in obedience with, and I pray that as we do that, I just thank you for that, um, those fresh strategies, fresh strength, fresh support, the firepower of heaven that causes that dynamic reaction that your breakthrough can take place. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the breaker forth, that you are the one who break, has broken through and does break through on our behalf that leads us in triumphal procession. And I thank you, Lord, that even as we've asked these things and there's been a daring and a risk in the ask, in the imagination, I want to thank you that you are the generous one who loves to give generously and lavishly without holding back, that there's no holding back. And as that commentary did say, there's no folding of your garment where you hold back, but you let it go and everything pours out upon us of the richness of heaven. I just thank you that we release that. But I take authority in this moment as well, knowing identity, authority, and the mission I have tonight. And I just thank you that I can come against every assignment and attack of the enemy, where there's been anxiety and depression, where there's been hopelessness, where there's been robbery. I thank you, Lord, that I can come against the lies right now and we resist the enemy corporately together with a corporate anointing in this place. We just resist the enemy and thank you, Lord, that your word says that that one who has come against us in one direction will have to flee in seven. And so we just thank you for freedom in Jesus' name. And together we said, amen. So be it.